Hello, this is Tommy Strait. I'm Yasmin. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> we're in the back of a taxi. We're in the back of a taxi. Yeah. And we're heading to the University of Sydney because uh, if you're a bit of a news junkie like us, which probably are if you listen to this podcast, you would have woken up to the news of Paul Manafort being indicted. And it's all to do with the Russian investigation by Robert Mueller, who's been looking into the Russian involvement in the US 2016 presidential election. Yeah, and it's a big deal. Manafort, he's been indicted on 12 counts and the charges include conspiracy against the US. So, you know, nothing to take lightly. Yeah, we, we sort of want to find out how the investigation's going. Who is Manafort? Why have these charges been brought against him? And how is this all going to impact on Trump? And also there's the big question, the biggest question I think of all that we need to find out. Is sexy indicted Paul Manafort the most topical Halloween costume this year? (laughs) (laughs) We're here with uh, senior lecturer David Smith at the University of Sydney's US Studies Centre. Yes. So we're upstairs in this gorgeous building and we're here to talk about Paul Manafort who... You know, I think fair to say not everyone would have heard of before today. No. So Paul Manafort was one of Trump's many campaign personnel in 2016. He actually kept firing his campaign managers for various reasons. Uh, So he fired the previous one, Corey Lewandowski, after he assaulted a reporter. And then Paul Manafort was his advisor between June and August of 2016. It was a short period, but it was a fairly crucial period because this was between Trump winning the primaries and the Republican National Convention. Trump actually forced Paul Manafort out of the campaign because of the very issue he's been indicted over today. And that was, it turned out that he was an unregistered foreign agent for the Yanukovych government in Ukraine. Now, the Yanukovych government in Ukraine was the pro-Russian regime that was there until 2014, and Manafort had basically been lobbying for them and had been collecting millions and millions of dollars in payments. We're looking at staggering amounts of money, something like $75 million, without doing what he's required to do under US law, which is to register as a foreign agent. And this guy was running Trump's campaign. So... Even though Manafort's uh, indictment today doesn't directly implicate Trump himself, it really doesn't look good. And he's looking at potentially decades in prison because he laundered $18 million of Ukrainian payments and he was an unregistered foreign agent. Fortunately for Trump, both of these crimes occurred before the Trump campaign began. So he might be breathing a bit of a sigh of relief there. But then again, on the other hand, Paul Manafort is in his late 60s and facing the possibility of spending the rest of his life in jail. So if there's any information that he can give to the FBI that could implicate Trump, Trump would probably be quite worried uh, about him handing that information over. But we don't know if there is any such information out there. Right, so that's Paul Manafort. And and why has he uh, been... Uh, arrested and, and and indicted. Like, what, what what's it's, led it's up to 12 this? 12 counts of that yeah. he's been indicted he, on. He's it? been a person of interest to the FBI for quite a long time because of his shady dealings with the Yanukovych regime. This investigation has, uh, has actually been building for a long time. And, you know, people were aware of it. That's why Trump dumped him from the campaign. But Mueller has had a lot of time and been given a lot of power 
with this investigation. Like, he actually was able to pick the lock of Manafort's door and walk into his house, which, by the way, is in Trump Tower, and actually have a look at documents that Paul Manafort claimed did not exist. Uh, Paul Manafort has had his phone tapped, which was actually something that, you know, Trump got upset about earlier, Trump Tower being wiretapped. So so they picked his lock. Why did they, if it's the FBI, don't they just come in guns blazing? Uh, I, I, don't know, I don't know why. It was just Bob Mueller's personal preference to actually, uh, yeah. Pick, pick the lock. Pick the lock. And I, I think that that may have been a sort of intimidation tactic to anybody else who might potentially be a person of interest. And so let's talk about Robert Mueller um, Mm. for people who might not know who this guy is. He's led this investigation. So he is a former FBI director. When he was appointed to lead this investigation, it was a widely acclaimed choice. The, The Republican Party was happy with it because Mueller is a lifelong Republican. He's identified with this side of politics Democrats were happy about it because he's known to be an extremely scrupulous and thorough investigator. He's been running a very hardball investigation. And it's a broad investigation too. It's a very broad investigation and he's taken a very broad view of what his remit is. So this has never been, for example, just about Trump. It's about Trump's whole campaign And what Mueller's been looking into is stuff that hasn't even necessarily been just about collusion with Russia. Trump is apparently quite unhappy with the investigation. I mean, he has repeatedly said that he doesn't believe that there's anything there, that there was no collusion, that this is all just a distraction. And we've seen from Trump's allies as well that when it became public last week that Mueller was going to have indictments on Monday. We suddenly saw the spin machine work into overdrive and we had all of these stories being rehashed about Clinton allegedly uh, giving uranium to the Russians with all these questions about why aren't they investigating Clinton? There really is almost nothing to that story. So um, there are clearly people who are a bit scared of Mueller's investigation Mueller is clearly not intimidated by anybody, although he also knows that he could get fired. Yeah, we're going to ask about that. How do you get rid of Mueller? Would he want to? Would Trump be thinking like, right, how do I get this guy out? Well, Trump got rid of James Comey because James Comey was continuing with Russia investigation and Trump has openly said it was because of the Russia thing. So there have always been fears that Trump could actually get rid of Mueller as well. There was an incredibly irresponsible editorial in the Wall Street Journal a couple of days ago actually urging Trump to fire Mueller and to give blanket pardons to everybody involved in the Russia investigation under the pretext that Mueller, because he was an FBI director, can't uh, you know really be trusted to investigate events around the FBI, which include... Trump's firing of James Comey. But really, this was just pure sort of partisan teamwork uh, from the Wall Street Journal. But there were serious concerns that that might encourage Trump to actually fire Mueller. Now, he hasn't done that. That hasn't been his response, although, you know, the, the night is still young. It's also worth noting that two very important Republicans in Congress, Paul Ryan, who's the Speaker of the House, and Chuck Grassley, who's a senior member of the uh, Judiciary Committee, so this is the committee in Congress that handles all of these uh, legal matters, both of them today said that they came out and stood behind Mueller, that they support Mueller's investigation. So it doesn't look like Trump would have a lot of political support within the Republican Party 
to fire Mueller, although we wouldn't know until he did it. Is he, he allowed to do that? Power? Yeah. Yes, he does have the power wow. to fire Mueller. There are some Democrats who want to try and pass legislation that would protect Mueller from being fired, but it's unclear that they can actually do that under the Constitution. There are very few people the president can't actually fire. You know, one of them is Mike Pence, who's the vice president, because uh, because he was actually elected, but he could fire Bob Mueller, or he could at least make a decision that would lead to Bob Mueller getting fired. So what do you think the play here is from Bob Mueller? Why go after Manafort now? Is this like this is the first big yes. thing that this investigation has done? Is, and you you know it's not it's not connected to the Trump campaign. It's to do with his mm. time, as you were saying before, he was even involved in yes. in the election. Is this all Mueller's got, or is this to try and this is the first sweep? Yeah, it's it's very hard to say, and it really depends on who you talk to. Certainly. The Trump campaign and Trump allies are saying, look, this just shows that there isn't very much, that all that he's got is uh, these these things that weren't actually related to the campaign. Others are saying, though, that the sequence of events that is unfolding here actually suggests that Mueller is trying to get more information out of Manafort that actually is related to the campaign using these charges, which could send him to jail for decades as leverage. There's also, of course, been another thing that has come out today, which is that someone who was a junior advisor in the campaign, George Papadopoulos, that's a name that even fewer of us had heard of until this point, was actually arrested back in June by Bob Mueller. And it has just come out that he actually pled guilty to misleading FBI investigators back in January of this year, which is a very serious crime. Now, what that was about was he was brought on board the Trump campaign as a foreign policy expert in March 2016, although Trump seems to have very little idea of who he actually is. He was approached by a mysterious professor, a Russian professor with links to the Kremlin who was offering dirt on Hillary Clinton. He tried to set up meetings between the Trump campaign and this professor, although the campaign didn't want to have those meetings. So on the one hand, the campaign um, doesn't seem to have engaged in the collusion that Papadopoulos wanted them to. On the other hand, though, people in the campaign, senior people in the campaign, would have known that they had this junior campaign operative who was cooperating with the Russians and they did nothing about it. Once again, it's not something that directly implicates Trump. And my theory about this is that there's probably not going to be anything that Trump was actually directly involved in here. I think that he would have been way too careful around this. And the classic pattern that we see around Trump is that when there's wrongdoing, everybody takes the fall except for him. I think that that will continue to be the case this time. But certainly, this is the first evidence, you know, real solid evidence we have that someone in the Trump campaign was actually aware of the Russian hacking of Clinton's emails before that became public knowledge and was actually trying to cooperate with the Russians about it. So Papadopoulos might actually be more dangerous for the Trump campaign than Manafort. Yes, yes. That's actually the bigger news from today. And the other thing is that, you know, Papadopoulos was arrested in June. It's only just now come out about this. So what kind of information has Mueller actually been getting out of him and what other information will Mueller get out of him about who else was aware 
of, uh, of what was going on with this cooperation with the Russians. Where is the line in terms of legality with working with foreign governments? Like there's so much talk about, mm. you know, what relationship Trump has had or Trump, you know, aides and people who work with him with the Russian government. When is it legal and illegal? What are, where are the issues here? This is a very murky question, actually. So, you know, what... Manafort did was certainly illegal. He was acting on behalf of a government, of a foreign government, without uh, registering as a foreign agent and was taking money for it. Because he was being paid by the Ukraine government and didn't tell anyone. That's right. Would he have been all right if he'd registered as a a lobbyist? um, He would have been on safer ground, yes. Yeah, although it it looks like he was doing some pretty shady stuff right. in that capacity, including money laundering. Yeah. I mean, that, um, <laughs> there are other issues in there. Yeah. Do we have to point out he, um, he pled not guilty, didn't yes. he? Yes, he, he pled not guilty, and as did his associate. It, it, it's very murky, and it, it should be noted that even though we keep talking about collusion and the object of this investigation is to uncover collusion, collusion isn't a crime in itself it's not a, it's not some uh term from criminal law it's really just trying to find out what the overall picture was about whether the russians were actually exercising influence in the campaign there have already been confirmed instances of trump you know campaign officials meeting with russians donald trump junior met with a russian person um on the offer of dirt from the hillary clinton campaign Now, that was an episode of extremely poor judgment on his part, but there wasn't actually anything illegal about it. What is illegal is when a foreign government directly, and it has to be shown that it was actually the government, offers material assistance to the campaign and that material assistance is accepted. That's where it becomes completely illegal. Because Papadopoulos, is, he pled guilty not to collusion or anything. It was just no. lying to a, a federal yes, agent. Yeah, yeah. So he, he just led, said that he... Yeah. Yeah, he, he met with the, the professor, the Russian professor, when yes. he said he didn't when he did. Yeah. So if, he, if he'd said, yeah, I met with him, it would have been fine. Yeah, I think he was only actually lying, lying about the timing of it right. as well. Um, and the, but the timing was a critical thing because uh, it, it was... He claimed that he'd had contact with the professor before... He was involved in the campaign. Yeah. He was actually having contact with the professor. I love we talk about this character called the professor during the campaign. So how is this going to work politically then for for Trump? He's, you know, he's come out as he does most mornings with a series of tweets, mm-hmm. uh, no collusion. In terms of how this will play out politically, we've seen by this point that nothing seems to hurt Trump with his base. And so there's a segment of the American voting population that is sitting there believing that Clinton is the real criminal here and Clinton will end up in jail and Trump's got to get a new attorney general who can put Clinton in prison and that Trump will be completely in the clear about everything. Probably in general, though, his popularity will slip even further. This is the sort of thing that just damages trust even further. His popularity rating is already low. Gallup has him at 33%. He could go lower than that, even if his base... Um, sticks with him. It also means that it's going to be harder for him to get anything done politically, especially since senior Republicans seem to be standing by the Mueller investigation. So there's going to be some big announcement about taxes on Wednesday, probably some package of tax reform that is trying to go through Congress. Trump is desperate for a win on the tax issue. He just wants something to pass Congress that reflects his agenda 
before the end of the year because he has had defeat after defeat. But that announcement on Wednesday, whatever it is, is going to be totally overshadowed by these indictments. Okay, this is going to take up the next few news cycles and also because there's so much speculation about what is actually coming next. And as I say, maybe this is, you know, most of the iceberg. Maybe this is all that's going to come out. But there's the possibility that it is the tip of a much larger iceberg. This is Tell Me Straight. I'm Will Ockenden. That's Yasmin Parry. Thanks very much for listening. If you want to subscribe, subscribe in the podcast app that you listen to. It's probably, if it's an iPhone, it's probably iTunes or Yaz's favourite, Overcast. Overcast. Uh, if it's an Android, then get we stuffed. We don't you. care. <laughs> no, that's me. And send us an email. It's tellmestraight at abc.net.au. Hopefully people aren't listening to this in their own cars and hear the sound of cars around them and oh, yeah. think that the beeping is for them. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's the, it's the, the Alfa Romeo in front of us isn't moving. He's, he's moving now. He's being told. He's being told. Anyway, we'll be back soon. Thanks for listening. See you soon. Bye.